the microbiome, that gut of yours, is responsible for a lot of things in your body. Number one, it is mostly responsible for your immunity. 70% of your immune cells are in your gut, but it's also responsible for the condition of your skin. So if you've been experiencing a lot of breakouts lately, you might want to just take a double look at what your gut is doing. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Yug Varma. He's the co-founder and CEO of Fila, the world's most advanced probiotic acne system, but he also has over a decade of microbiome research experience. He's got an extensive background in bioorganic chemistry and microbiology, and he received scientific training at many distinguished academic institutions, including Johns Hopkins, the University of California, San Francisco. His scientific work has been published in many prestigious journals, and this doctor knows what he's talking about. We dive deep into how to treat chronic bacterial diseases, how to get your microbiome in check, and really how to demystify this whole skin microbiome connection so that you know how to take care of your personal condition. This is an episode I think you'll glean a lot of insight from because the truth is skin is much more than just on the surface. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork? Yeah. You get so nice to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Maria. Great to be here. You are really, um, you have a, quite a, a background in terms of your education in this field. Can you just share a little bit about uh, where you started and, and what you've been through to get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, my background is I'm a scientist, I'm a microbiologist, bacterial geneticist, um, and I got my PhD from Johns Hopkins University. Um, then I did a postdoc at UCSF um, in, in microbiome research before starting this company. And I've been studying the microbiome for about 11 years now. Um, and, and this is a field that's about 20 years old. So um, I've had a great chance to look at, you know, what's gone before, um, see all the innovation that's come out and, and just to be excited to be at the forefront of this amazing technology. Yeah. You're just a little bit of a smart guy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the microbiome and I'm amazed that it's only been about two decades that we've really started to study this connection, not only between our gut health and our, you know, uh, our skin health, which we're going to dive into today, but really our mental health, our mental well-being, and how you know the quote little brain really does wag the tail of so many of our functions, including our immunity health. 
Um, what is it specifically about the connection between the microbiome and skin health that intrigues you? Um, so it turns out, and, and you know, just as you pointed out that this is such a young field, um, it's only very recently that we've really paid attention to the microbiome in our body. And, and it's everywhere. It's in our skin, it's in our gut, it's in our mouth. We, we seem to be coated inside and out with bacteria and microbes. Uh, and they seem to have a, a significant effect on our health. Um, the research has shown just how effective they are, how, and now, you know, we're starting to think of strategies where we can manipulate the microbiome mm. to then achieve a certain health outcome. Um, when it comes to the skin, uh, obviously at different times in your life, your skin changes, right? So you're just born, um, and, and again, if you were born through a C-section or through vaginal birth, um, the microbiome that you are kind of given at that point in time is very different. Um, and it is typically seen that, that kids from a vaginal birth tend to grow up healthier with fewer allergies, with, with better health outcomes significantly than kids with C-sections. Not that it's, you know, sort of preordained. My, both my kids were born through emergency C-section. They're perfectly healthy, don't have any allergies, but, you know, that's the prevalence. Um, and so you start off with that microbiome, right? Uh, very quickly, your microbiome, you're obviously uh, in close contact with your, your mom, your parents, uh, your skin contact transfers certain bacteria. And then when you're a kid, your microbiome is, is large, it stabilizes after a few years up until puberty. Uh, puberty is the next big jump. And as, as I'm sure you can tell, I'm going to say that at puberty, we also get acne, right? It's a huge change almost. And acne is universal. More than 85% of us get it at some point in our life. So there's not a person who hasn't been touched by acne, either directly or indirectly. They know someone, a, a brother, a sister, a friend, a family member who you know has had acne and they've had to watch them go through it. So what happens is your microbiome changes dramatically at puberty because of the, the hormonal changes that are going through your body. Um, and then throughout the rest of your life, whether you, you know, had acne then or have acne later, or, or with most women, what happens is hormonal acne, um, even around menopause, you know, you, you're again, there's a hormonal change. Um, and so it affects the quality of your skin's, you know, sebum, the, the amount of your skin microbiome. Um, and so these are all um, sort of intervals in your life where your skin microbiome significantly changes, it is, uh, these are events that your skin and your body really deals with, right? It has to react to these changes. And in these transitions, if something goes wrong, if there's an imbalance in your microbiome, it is reflected in the pro pro presentation of disease, which is that you get acne, you get pimples, you get bad skin, and it sticks around until you've addressed that balance. Okay. So, uh, very clearly, there is the link between hormonal shifts and how that impacts the skin. Now, our skin is our largest organ. Obviously, it's our filtration system. So um, it, it's also kind of a, a mirror as to what's going on internally in our bodies as well. Would you 
does the research point towards anything that also shows how our diet and our lifestyle also during those pivotal, uh, I'll call them, you know, hormonal change periods, how that also impacts? Or are you seeing that the data is really pointing more towards hormonal changes? Um, so what I will say is for acne specifically, um, all of these are factors, right? And we know this, we know that acne is a disease that is compounded by many factors. Uh, and these factors are hormones, genetics, diet, stress, you know, they all play a part in acne. But what microbiome research has found is that these are all secondary causes. They're not the primary causes driving the disease. And how they're all affecting acne is, is through the same mechanism. So, you know, I talked about a balance in the microbiome. I like to think about the microbiome as a rainforest, right? It's this incredibly diverse um, a sort of community on our skin, uh, just like a rainforest is incredibly diverse. And the, the trees of this invisible rainforest on our skin are made up of bacteria, viruses, fungi, right? And these microbes form this community that we call the microbiome that is a protective layer. It helps prevent disease, it helps keep us healthy. Now, as we're healthy, you and I have different skin microbiomes, but our microbiomes are in balance with, you know, internally. Mm -hmm. uh, when we get sick, that bad bacteria comes in, disrupts that balance. Now, when you talk about food or hormones or, or stress, what they're doing is they're affecting the quality or quantity of sebum, which is the oil that's naturally produced in our skin. Now, sebum is very necessary for our skin. It keeps our skin cells supple and it prevents aging and so on. Um, but it's also the prime, um, food for this one bacteria that lives on our skin called C. acnes or cutibacterium acnes. Now, when C. acnes is supposed to be on our body, it's supposed to be there in a, in a considerable quantity. But when it overgrows beyond a threshold, your skin reacts to it. The immune system says, aha, this is way beyond bounds. And it responds with inflammation. And that inflammation is basically the pimples that we see mm. and the redness. And sebum, sebum really being oil, correct? Sebum is the oil that is produced by our sebaceous glands that are in our pores. And it's only really, the sebaceous glands are only active on our face and our upper back and upper chest, which is why no one gets acne on their knee, right? Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, food, you know, people have different triggers. For me, it may be spicy food. For you, it may be chocolate. For a third person, maybe oily food, whatever it is. But when they eat a certain kind of food profile, they produce more sebum, right? Uh, stress, obviously, you're sweating more, you're, you're uh, producing more sebum. Uh, hormones, uh, with, with a hormonal change or a hormonal cycle, some days you produce more sebum, some days you produce less sebum. The bacteria sees this and it feeds on it and it overgrows and causes inflammation. Now you might say that, oh, the problem is the sebum. Let's dry out our skin so that there's no, no food at all, that. right? Yeah. Cut, cut it off at the source. Yeah. Yes, you could do that. But again, that's, that's getting to it indirectly because the sebum plays an important role. Like I said, it's produced by the body for a reason and it helps to keep your dermis, uh, your epidermis, the topmost layers supple and, and hydrated and protected from elements, right? Wind, uh, extreme weather, et cetera, uh, pollution as well. Um, it also helps prevents fi preventing fine lines and aging, premature aging and wrinkles. And so when you're removing all of that moisture, you're actually 
uh, creating a different kind of problem where you know you might see the acne go away in the short term, but in the long term, you're really hurting your skin. Okay, so you actually answered a question that I had because you know back in the day, I remember. Um, I never really had like cystic acne or anything, but my dad would buy me those pads that were soaked in alcohol and mm-hmm. would say, swipe your, your face with this um, or using antibacterial soap. Are you saying that those are not the solutions that maybe the, those methods are not very effective? I think the alcohol is very harsh. Um, and again, you're getting to the root of the problem because the alcohol will kill the bad bacteria, but it's indiscriminate. There's nothing stopping it from killing the good bacteria too. Mm. And if we're going to be using these harsh products that turn this rainforest, this protective layer on our skin into a desert, then the, you know, we can predict what will happen. Um, you're, you're depleting this protective layer. You're going to get more and more relapses. So you'll see the immediate effect, but the long term is, you know, acne is a chronic condition. You're not going to have it for two weeks here and there. You're going to have it for months and years. Um, and you need a product that's gentle on your skin that produces results uh, and that you can continue to maintain your skin uh, being clear and healthy. And so none of these harsh products, whether it's the alcohol um, or like excessive use of antibacterial. soap, obviously wash your face. Don't not wash your face. Basic hygiene is, is a must, but overdoing it or you know, benzoyl peroxide, antibiotics, all of these things are really, really harsh and ultimately will lead to thinning out this protective layer that we have and and hurting us instead of helping us. So we need to kind of make friends with the good bacteria, so to speak, um, and use products that help with that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the best ways to approach skincare. But before we do that, because of what we do when we talk about food and hydration a lot in terms of, you know, helping with overall health. How do you see that, uh, you know, that aspect of a lifestyle helping with gut health? Because we know that, you know, excessive sugar and alcohol and refined carbohydrates and processed food and and, you know, diet sodas and all of that are the antithesis of what your gut really needs in order to create a healthy flora so that then that reflects on your skin as well. I mean, what do you think is the optimal approach to eating and hydration that we should be looking at instead? Yeah, I mean, I think I think nutrition and health have become very complex and and in in one way they should be right Mm -hmm. because everyone's body is different everyone's body is unique uh the things that we like or our bodies like and don't like are are obviously different um but but in another way they're incredibly simple um the principles that i myself follow are uh you know eat more plants than animals um everything in moderation right if you like bacon eat bacon just don't eat it for every meal. Don't eat it every day. You know, have it a small, a good portion, like on the weekend. That's fine. Um, your compost pile should be mostly full and your uh, trash pile should be mostly empty, which is to say, avoid processed foods. Don't eat things out of cans. Don't eat things that have wrappers. And, and again, not don't eat, right? Moderation. If you want to do it, do it. It shouldn't be the major source of your nutrition. 
Mm-hmm. We're so busy what, now. What is the worst thing that you could do in terms of, you know, what's the worst, if you could pick one category of food where you say, don't even eat it in moderation, try and avoid it completely. What would that Soda. be? Soda. You don't need it. It's completely superfluous to needs. Mm-hmm. You don't need the calories for it, from it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you like the taste. Um, you like a carbonated beverage. Um, I mean, have a sparkling water. I know it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's gonna suck when you change, but you you will get used to it. Yeah. And in six months, you'll you'll drink a can of Coke and say, "Wow, that is way too sweet." I can't imagine. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, it. do do the carbonation, do the sparkling water, and add flavor to it. You know, you can even add a a little splash of fruit juice or yeah. some, you know, lemon and lime juice, and you've got mm-hmm. like a sprite. You know, I mean, right. it, it's not hard to do, and like you said, you get used to it. And I do think sugar, uh, it, you know, by and large, has been a big problem for a lot of people with trying to get this balance um, in their microbiome. So uh, let's go back to talking about the the topical treatment of skin um, when you're looking at you know the the role of that rainforest complex as you as you quote as you uh, termed it, you know how do we take care of that sebum? and foster this good bacteria without eliminating it and and still not i mean i'm mediterranean so i like i have olive oil coming out of my pores i feel like you know um and i i do credit this to having like relatively like limited wrinkles my mom at 77 years old barely had any wrinkles so i think it's a good thing to have that but how do you balance it so that you're not like overproducing and creating the acne well, your skin is is a homeostatic system. So the more you dry it out, ironically, the more oil it will produce, um, because your 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 body is trying to keep an optimal amount of oil and hydration, right? And as you're washing all that oil out, it's needing to produce more and more. So what a lot of people see when they stop over sort of stripping the oils is that their skin gets really really oily. Because the skin's used to trying to just keep up with all this oil that's being taken away from it. But your skin in a few weeks or a few months will recalibrate. Once you stop mopping up off all of those uh, oils, it's going to say, oh, okay, now I don't need to produce as much because all of it isn't just magically kind of disappearing. Uh, so it, it is obviously a period of adjustment. Um, and, and that's how I think it'll happen. You, you'll need to be patient. Initially, your skin might just be swamped with oil and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it'll recalibrate. Should we mop um, it up? Like, should we blot it? Should we blot sure, the excess? Yeah. yeah, just don't, you know, completely, um, because it's, it's funny, right? People will wash their faces with harsh products, then it gets really dry and then you put moisturizing lotion on and, and you're kind of going back and back and forth. Uh, whereas, you know, maybe just pull back on the extreme uh, cleansing and, and you'll be fine. You won't need to use as much moisturizer. I have a question. So I've been using micellar water um, mm-hmm. recently and the active in that is lactic acid. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be super, super effective. Um, ever since I started using it, like I'd say like two months ago, um, I haven't had really any 
pimples or any acne. And I find that it helps to just kind of leave my skin in a good state, but that does contain lactic acid, which is an antimicrobial. How, how do you suggest like a product like that working versus other antimicrobials? It seems to be prevalent in a lot of different skin treatments nowadays. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes. And it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab-tested. And it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean, eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body, where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com, or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. Yeah, I think micellar water is great. Um, its chemical composition means that it's very effective at cleansing, you know, like taking out makeup and, and stuff like that, but not being very harsh. Like it doesn't strip your skin of oils. Um, and the lactic acid in it will um, help to kind of exfoliate your skin, again, much more gently than you know, you're not doing a chemical peel or anything. You're just gently exfoliating your skin, encouraging skin cell turnover. That's fine. Um, and I think, you know, I'm glad that you're seeing great results with it because as long as it's sort of mild, it's not causing redness or irritation or dryness, then I, I think that's just the ticket. And, and I will say, you know, every person has different skin needs, right? Some people have naturally big pores. Some people have very small pores. Some mm -hmm. people have oily skin versus dry skin. And it has nothing to do with how much they clean. It's just how it is. Yeah. So obviously supplement and, and complement with what your skin needs, but try, you know, we advocate minimalist skin routines. You don't need to put, you know, th the studies say that the average woman puts on more than 500 ingredients on their skin every day, right? Wow. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we don't, ex all, we don't need a hundred percent of all of those ingredients. If we cut back on some of them, our skin would not just not miss it, but probably be happier. Because we're clogging our pores, we're burdening our skin, and a lot of these products are, you know, they leave on. So for hours and hours in the day, they're in contact with your skin, and they're not going anywhere. So a lot of that is from our makeup too, of course. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. But you know, you you see uh, products that have really long ingredients lists, and uh, yeah, that's fine. But then you use five or six of those products, you know, before you're out the door, and it adds up. 
Yeah, I, I like to look back into like, what did they use back in the day before all of these expensive, you know, mm-hmm. drugstore and, and, and department store cosmetic companies came around. And there are a couple that have come back into vogue, so to speak. Rose oil is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak at all to some of the qualities of rose oil and how that might, the oil actually might help to counteract the oil in the sebum? Yeah, rose oil is great. Um, and I think you're referring to rose seed oil or rose hip oil. Yeah. Um, it's it's really great. Um, it's a mild antibacterial. Uh, and, and again, not all antibacterials are bad, right? Obviously, we need to keep our microbiome in, in balance and in check. Um, but but rosehip oil is great. It complements the sebum that we naturally produce. Um, it's it doesn't clog pores and it it kind of just keeps the bacteria in check, but but in a more balanced way where it's not completely killing the microbiome. Eradicating it. How about witch hazel? Witch hazel is another one that used to be really, really common. You know, before you'd go to bed, you'd wipe your face down with witch hazel. And I I kind of swap back and forth between witch hazel and the micellar water, and then I'll finish with the rosehip oil. And that just seems to be my easy bedtime routine. Yeah, witch hazel is good too. It's it's pretty mild. Um, and, and witch hazel is usually well tolerated on the skin too. It's very safe. It, it doesn't have a you know terrible safety profile, but um, I would say, you know, each person has, finds their own uh, set of products that work for them, which is why, you know, everyone's skin is unique. Everyone's skin history is unique. Um, and everyone's, you know, obviously life stage is unique where, uh, oh, you're a teenager or oh, you're in your twenties or oh, you're, you know, getting older, your skin will have different, um, uh, requirements and needs, and, and you'll have to choose what you need to, to sort of step it up. But in general, I would say, you know, be minimalist, um, find the things that you like, but also observe how your skin changes over years and decades, um, and, and change it up. Uh, and yeah, don't put 500 ingredients on your skin if you can't help it. Okay, so most of our listeners are probably in uh, a little bit more of the mature age range where fine lines and wrinkles are starting to become a thing. Um, what what do you say about you know things like retinol and hyaluronic acid and and some of these common anti aging treatments that have become really prevalent? Should we use them or are they? a problem and, you know, not productive for our skin health. Yeah, these are all different and they have different modes of action, right? So uh, hyaluronic acid, for example, is great. It's naturally produced in our skin. Um, and it's, it's just a great ingredient. It moisturizes, it holds moisture, keeps the skin supple and, and uh, keeps, you know, the layers of the skin hydrated. Um, with retinols and, and any of these other products that are relatively more harsh and and speed up the skin turnover hmm. what what's happening is basically they're at the base of our skin are these stem cells which are these you know they're stem cells the and like all stem cells they're immortal uh, which means that they produce their they're kind of the source of new skin cells they regenerate skin, basically right yeah. and they push the new skin up in layers and then your skin kind of sloughs off now when you use retinols, you're speeding up this process. So you're creating new skin faster. And so for a short period of time, your skin looks amazing because it's new, 
you know, baby fresh skin. Um, but very soon after your skin will become dull because it's just, you know, that, that, that burst of new skin has faded. Hmm. Um, and new skin, your skin is also more susceptible, which is why some people with retinols have sun sensitivity and so on. Um, the longer term issues, and this is actually quite understudied, but, but we do know this from the few studies that are out there, is that your stem cells are, you know, we think they're immortal, but, but they do have a finite lifespan. There's only a certain number of cell divisions that they have, right? Um, and so when you're speeding this up, you're actually shortening the lifespan of kind of healthy skin turnover. Um, and what it's doing is you're always needing to, you're, you if you want to continue seeing the results, you're, you're continuing to, uh, commit to using these harsh products over and over and over and over again. Hmm. Uh, and so you, you get caught in this cycle where you're seeing increased skin cell turnover. Your, your skin is kind of addicted to it. Um, and then you can't get off because when you get off, your skin starts to, be less bright, less fresh looking. Um, but again, your, your skin will adjust to it in time. It's just, you know, you, you have to decide whether you want to be on that roller coaster all the time or whether you want natural, healthy, clear skin. Okay. So if you could pick, and again, mm -hmm. one thing that you would use to take care of your skin, what do you use? Like, what do you use? Well, I use our file system. Um, and, and, you know, it's Can you great, talk obviously. a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so the file system is a three-step system is minimalist. It's very simple to use and incorporate into your daily regimen. It's primarily for acne. Um, and it consists of a cleanser, which is a non-drying cleanser. So it's a gel-based cleanser and it, um, what's will the active in that? It's, it's got salicylic acid and tea tree oil. So okay. the salicylic acid will gently exfoliate and um, um, sort of open up your pores. Um, it's non-foaming, so it won't strip your, body, your skin of oils. And the tea tree just is, is very cooling, very soothing. Uh, our serum has our breakthrough technology, which is bacteriophages. There is these, this organism that only is found on healthy skin mm -hmm. and that kills the acne-causing bacteria and nothing else. So it will reduce the le levels of the bad bacteria, reduce inflammation, reduce acne, uh, and recalibrate your skin. And finally, we have a moisturizer, again, minimally kind of crafted, um, very um, light. So it provides hydration without clogging your pores or feeling oily or heavy. Um, and it's just a, a daily routine that keeps your skin fresh, maintains your microbiome, uh, and keeps it healthy because C acne is, yeah, when it overgrows a lot, it causes acne, but it also, you know, causes low level inflammation. So redness, blotchiness, uneven skin tone, uh, you can put, get all of that under control as well. And is that a system that can be used for basically any hormonal stage, whether you're a teenager or have more mature skin? Or Correct. Different? Correct. Uh, it's because the underlying cause of acne is all just one thing, which is the overgrowth of this one bacteria, whether you have hormonal acne or cystic acne, or, you know, you're a teenager or you're more mature or older. Um, it, it's all the same uh, target. And so we hit that target every single time. And where can our listeners find out more about that three-step system? 
Uh, so we are uh, selling uh, online through our website at phylobiotics.com. Uh, it's P-H-Y-L-A. And um, yeah, you and we'll can, have you can the we'll have that link in the show notes. And um, I'd love to try that out. It sounds really interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I've tried a lot of different products and I'm always open to trying different things to see what works well and definitely different stages of my life. I have found that different things work work better than others. But I totally agree with you in terms of the minimalist approach. I think we get so inundated with all of these different masks and peels and cleanses and scrubs. And you don't want to beat your skin into submission. You want to help kind of it find its way uh, as, you know, as simply as you possibly can. Absolutely. And whatever you're doing, for your skin is is working really well because your skin's glowing and <laughs> well so are you i mean i'm like and i think you know for guys i think definitely that this is also something important because i think women are we're sort of more in the mindset of taking care of our skin but guys you know unless this has been something taught to you guys are more like you know splash a little water on your face or like wash it with you know your hand soap and call it a day mm-hmm. what would you say to the guys out there that want to also have good skin i mean you know for everybody it doesn't matter what you do that's the first thing people say so you want to present it in, in the best way possible yeah i mean to guys i would say look it's your face uh, you literally can't hide it right <laughs> uh, you see it in the mirror, other people see it. It's it's kind of your window to the world and their window to you. Um, and I think, you know, for guys, but but generally for the, the younger generation, I, I think they're much more of that natural ethos of, oh, I'm going to take care of myself, right? I'm going to invest in longer term health, whether it's mental health or physical health. And mental health is a huge part of this, by the way, because mm. uh, acne affects us primarily when we're teenagers. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's on your face, you can't hide it. And, and at a time in your life when you're making these important social bonds, you're figuring out who you are, to have this thing where you're self-conscious or whatever, you know, the, the stats are pretty stark that almost two thirds of people with acne have higher, you know, mental depression, mental health problems. Um, and it's, it's a huge increase over, you know, the general population. Uh, and so it's, it's and a mostly real guys are, is it mostly men or women that tend to get the, the, the more severe acne, uh, during adolescence? Um, in terms of severity, it really depends from person to person. Um, but in terms of prevalence, both men and women get it at, at teenage years, it's almost 50, 50. Oh. Um, in the 20s and 30s, it's a um, so half of women in their 20s and a third of women in their 30s have acne. Um, the number is similar, wow. but slightly less for men. Mm. And I think as as post puberty, as there's a hormonal divergence, because men have more androgens and women have more estrogens, um, that difference enlarges a little bit. But you know, men get it as much as women, slightly less. And it's just women care more about it. And I think men are now starting to care more um, along with women, but understandably, it's going to be a while before it's 50-50. Would you say ultimately, if you have a, a child that's a teenager that's suffering from this, that before you go to harsh extremes, that you try a system like yours first, 
um, because I know back in my day, Accutane was the thing and it just wrecked so many people because mm -hmm. um, it kills your gut bacteria, right? It kills your, your microbiome rather than helping it. So before you go to extreme measures and, and do something that's going to kind of address the inside out, maybe try this mm -hmm. first, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what I, I would advocate because if phyla doesn't work for you, at least it's not doing any damage. Mm -hmm. It's not causing redness, dryness, irritation. With Accutane, it's worse, right? You have to be on blood work. Women have to be on birth control because it causes birth defects. Wow. Um, uh, it causes- it really? Know, it does, it does. Wow. And it wrecks your liver. Uh, oh. My co-founder Maria actually has lifelong liver problems because she went on Accutane three times and it didn't, it didn't cure her acne, but it did give her liver damage. Oh, so. awful. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, coupled with eating well, I will say mm -hmm. by and large, the data shows us that avoiding, uh, you know, highly processed foods, foods that are high in sugar, um, or that can convert to uh, starchy sugars in your body easily. We want to try and really eliminate those. Um, I think for a long time, you know, people were like, well, I got to avoid oily foods because it's creating oil on my skin. It's actually the sugar that's causing right. more problems to your microbiome. So that coupled with a lot of water, <laughs> this is like my staple here next to me, always drinking lots of water can also help. Um, as we reach the end of our interview, this has been so insightful, by the way. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. I always have one question for all my guests. If you could have one meal, your, your most desired meal created by one person, what would the meal be and who would make it? Oh, man. Um, I love, I'm from India and I love South Indian food. Um, and it, I don't really particularly care who makes it uh, <laughs> as long as, you know, in India, in South India, you can walk into a pretty modest looking restaurant and they almost always have fantastic food. Mm. Um, I've had some of the most delicious meals of my life, just, you know, walking up to a stall or in, in a shack or, you know, you yeah. it's just a old lady just lovingly preparing and, and, and handing out food. And so, uh, yeah, I would love South Indian food. What's the dish though? Like, is it a certain curry or? Um, so there's the, the snack foods, which are idlis and dosas. Dosas are those huge crepe-like things that they the kind of roll up. Chickpea dosas, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they serve with chutneys and, and dips. Uh, love those. Uh, I, I could eat those all day. You know, it's, it's one of those desert island questions. What, yeah. what would you eat for the rest of your life? And I, it's not even, I'm like, I would literally eat that because I wouldn't get tired of it. Doses with chutney yeah. made by somebody with love. Somebody with love, you know, the modest kind of uh, shack with great food is, is kind of my jam. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You, you've really like opened our eyes to kind of the, the, the natural uh, habitat that lives on our skin and within our bodies and how we can take care of that better. And we'll have all the links to your products in the show notes. And uh, for everybody listening, you know, know that your self-care is part of your mental well-being. It's what reflects to the world. So don't ever think that it's an extravagance. It's actually just part of self-maintenance and it does make a difference whether you're a guy or a girl so thank you for listening and we'll talk to you really soon
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.